holy first bucket, Nicole. Hi, Bim. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to First Aid Kit. You may have guessed from my uh, <laughs> euphemistic opening uh, greeting, but this week we are thrilled to be delving into a very specifically powered world. Yes, we are talking about superheroes and comic books and films and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to hear all about our time at New York Comic Con uh, last month. That was Nicole's first time, yep. my second. Yep. Um, you're going to hear from some of the amazing fans that we met there because there is nothing like a collection of fans all in one place. And they were very, very accommodating. We basically stuck a microphone in their faces and said, hey, tell us about the superheroes you thirsted after. And they were more than happy to go and tell us all their lovely little first crush stories. I think my first crush was actually Xena, which is weird that I dress like her. Um, I think I was like nine or ten when the show came out. So that was when I was like, "Ooh, I love her. And then we also have a guest this week, don't we? Yeah, we're going to speak to TV Guide Features Editor Kritika Marley Karjuna, an expert in all things comics and superheroes and pop culture. Mm. So we definitely have to talk about superhero sex while we had her in the studio. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, like, super speed, like, I'm sure his tongue is very durable and agile. I'm just trying to see what happens. Who is the investigative journalist that's going to crack this case? I wish it was me. <laughs> she is disgusting she and She is a excellent. delight. I love her. So let's get into it. All right, Bim. So we need to figure out what is it exactly about superheroes that we find so sexy? Why do we thirst after them the way that we do? For the longest time, we've been told that they are the ideal. They are the platonic ideal of what human beings should be. Mm -hmm, You know, they're mm -hmm. kind, they're decent, they're this, they're that, but also they're ripped. (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> you can't overlook that never because of our experience with superheroes and comics mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. we could not pass up the opportunity to go to New York Comic Con so we went to Artist Alley uh, which turned out to be the, one of the highlights of our time at Comic Con and we spoke to all these amazingly talented writers and illustrators all from the comics world and we basically kind of talked to them about their work, their process, and we wanted to learn something very, very specific from them. Right. We asked them, how do you draw sexy? Like, right. What makes your drawings sexually attractive to across the board? Or appealing. Uh, right, appealing. And so we talked to a lot of artists, but here's what um, one Amy Reader, who has drawn for series like Xanadu and Batwoman, here's what she had to say. I want them to be as real as possible. I want the characters to uh, feel like they might actually exist. Because for me, that's where the fantasy is. If, like, you know, their boobs hang the right way. Like, I'm bi, so, like, you know, it's a guy or a girl. But, like, yeah, if, if they have, like, believable body types or something that's really unique but, you know, can exist, that usually, to me, is way more attractive. I think it's interesting that um, all almost all the artists that we spoke to were focused on showing unique ways of being sexy, that there there was not just one way of drawing a sexy character. You know, there's so many ways that you can do it in comics that does not have to be, bam, boobs everywhere, butt everywhere. You know, like, you can do it without it looking trashy, you know? I think that grandma's hot, you know, I'd holler, you know? It's just... <laughs> 
our standard one-liner is we like to make our characters slash fickable. <laughs> in this kind of like, oh yeah, we definitely want people to like, you know, use them as proxies in their imagination and get invested. So you're meant to inhabit these people. And that's like, you know, I don't know about anyone else. For me, the, you know, the mental stuff is always sexier. Sexiness is not a question of physique. It's not a question of body. Sexiness is an attitude. I actually love to draw cosplayers because usually they have the costumes right. That last artist was Fabrice Sapolsky, who is a co-creator of Spider-Man Noir. Uh, and his comment about cosplayers reminded me of uh, you, Nicole, actually. Oh, okay. because, <laughs> because we cosplayed uh, this year at Comic-Con. Right, on the last day. Right. I went as Gwendolyn from the comic book saga, which everyone should read. You went as someone a little bit more retro. Yes. So I went as Lieutenant Uhura yes. from Star Trek, the original series. Yes. And I thought that I would just kind of be able to blend into the crowd. I would be ignored, overlooked, whatever. Not in a bad way, but just there's a lot of competition right now. There's Gal Gadot's <laughs> Wonder Woman, right, from the movie. There is Harley Quinn and her cheeks that are always popping out. <laughs> so many Harley Quinns this year. So many. So Little many. girls love Harley yeah. Quinn. Yeah, but I kept getting a lot of attention as a horror, um, surprisingly so. But and from a very specific demographic. Yes. So middle-aged <laughs> men loved me. <laughs> men of a certain age, shall we say. I saw one guy, I think, actually his eyes became teeth and he just devoured <laughs> you. And I was like, sir, sir. Like it, it, Again, he was very respectful. He wasn't like he was like salivating or whatever. But right. He was so taken, but it felt like you were kind of like reaching into these dudes' pasts. Yeah, because I was not, um, I had on jeans under the dress, so mm-hmm. it was not, I was not, you know, fully Uhura with yeah. my legs out or anything. But clearly, Uhura has left a mark on <laughs> a lot of people. So it was just really surprising to see so much attention on Uhura in the midst of a lot of more scantily dressed cosplayers, I guess. Right. And I think it's interesting because we then spoke uh, to a creator in Artist Alley who kind of had this idea of, for her, sexiness being something different, um, something unexpected. And I thought that was surprisingly uh, kind of relevant to your experience at Comic-Con mm-hmm. for harking back to this iconic character of a certain time, mm-hmm. but it's still having power. Um, for me, when I'm trying to create a character that I consider sexy, I really want to create something unexpected. I really think maybe a little different body shape, different ethnicity di- from a different location, different uh qualities that I find sexy and so it's not just about the look of the character it's to me it's about surprise variety and attitude makes a huge difference. So that was Gail Simone who wrote a run of Birds of Prey which is part of DC Comics and that particular run features Barbara Gordon as Oracle who is a wheelchair user. That's a little unexpected. We don't normally see wheelchair users or people with some sort of physical disability shown in comics. And we were really excited to talk to Gail Simone because Mm. she is such a significant um, person in the comic book industry. She's very vocal about making sure women have proper representation in comics and within the industry itself. So I was really excited to get to talk to her. Same, same. And she was surrounded. Uh, Yeah. We we caught her in a very lucky lull because there were people just, you know, just basically queuing to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Now I want to go into talking about our next artist, Brian Stelfreeze, who created, who's the artist for the Black Panther revival written by some great talent, including ta Coates. And Brian Stelfreeze talks to us about how we can 
see that the Black Panther is sexy, considering that he is covered from head to toe. He's no flesh revealed at all, but still comes across as very powerful, very, I don't know, just commanding. Like you want to look at the Black Panther. I think sexiness a lot of times comes from uh, just efficiency. You know, you are you are perfectly designed for the job that you're doing. You're a perfect tool. You know, so my thing was, what kind of a person is he? You know, so I want to show like him being lithe and active, but at the same time, I want him to be powerful. So, you know, what I did was kind of like give him powerful arms, give him powerful legs, but make his midsection sort of long and slender. So he's actually almost built like a cat. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I was it was a treat to talk to Brian, who uh, actually just looked like he was having the time of his life yes. at, at Comic-Con. <laughs> um, but literally, everyone we spoke to was 100% perfect. Um, just really gracious and so thoughtful gracious. and just... Just, I can't be thankful enough. No, they were great. And from the top, they were Amy Reader, T. Franklin, Kieran Gillen, Fabrice Sapolsky, Gail Simone, Brian Stelfries, and this last person, Juan Ferreira. How do you imbue that sexiness to that character? Uh, I look at myself in the mirror and I try to do the opposite. He's actually quite cute. <laughs> he was really, he was not bad on the eyes at all. Again, you can see all of these artists work on our Tumblr page. We're going to put their information in the description for this episode. And we hope that you check out their work. And that's on thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. Who was your first crush that you had in fandom? Poison Ivy. I love that Batman vs. Robin movie. That was my movie. For me, honestly, it was a Red Ranger. Just something about... No, it was. It was. I loved him so much. Love Power Rangers. I'd say Catwoman. I like the whip. I'm, 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 I'm with that. I'm with that. Honestly, it's probably Spider-Man. I love Peter Parker. I thought he was so cool. I don't know why. There's something about him. I was like, oh my god, he's so cute. Today we have Kritika Malikarjuna, Features Editor at TV Guide, and she's here to join us in talking about superheroes, fandom, all kinds of great, fantastic characters that are out there in the world that we just kind of, we know they're not real, but we still love them anyway. Exactly. Kritika, hi. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. It's so nice to see your face. So a lot of um, what we found just in anecdotal stuff and in talking to people when we were at Comic-Con is that a lot of their first crushes come from comic books and TV shows, superhero TV shows and things like that. Do you think it's important that a superhero has an element of thirst in in its creation, that it has to be a, a, a bit of a thirst object? Uh, yes, 1,000%. <laughs> but let me just lay that out a little bit because like I personally as um, a queer person like I am sick of looking at decades of comic books where it's like super pinuppy women and mm. like equally muscled but not sexy and disturbing men mm -hmm. so I just want to see more comics where that balance is corrected like honestly if Kevin Wada could draw all of my <laughs> comics because he is yeah. the perfect thirst artist he makes beautiful beautiful art it's, who, it's who does amazing. he draw everyone, everyone. but he's really a Marvel person like Marvel X-Men mm -hmm. like think of it this way 
the least sexiest comic book character is always the one that's underwater, right? So, like, Aquaman uh, yeah. or, like, Namor or something. Yeah. And every time Kevin Wada draws one of them, I'm like, oh, damn, does she swim now? Mm. <laughs> does she vacation at the ocean? What's happening? Wow. Vacation at the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you made a rhyme and it's a dirty one. I like it. <laughs> he does, like, really human, very kind of beautiful, you know, but not in a obvious pin-up like the men aren't all v-shaped the women aren't all like tight figure eights mm-hmm. it's just kind of like here's a hot dude i'm just going to accentuate the the hotness yeah. i really love that i'm same with the girls i love how he draws people yeah there's a, i think there's um there's a thirst element but i don't necessarily want it to be gratuitous i want it to be pretty and artistic and engage me because i'm i'm really there for the content of the comic book right i'm there for the story so like i want mm. the beauty of it to like accentuate the story uh-huh. but a lot of times there i mean this is the nature of sort of that industry it's like the same form for the boys and the same form for the girls it's a copy paste with like a palette change and I'm Ooh. like why did I pay money for this Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean I, I know why I want to support <laughs> artists so they can do not this but also you need to why are you betraying me yeah that betrayal thing is an interesting thing because I think there's something about how we interacted with uh, comic books and superheroes when we were kids and very different to how we think about them as adults, especially since so many of those comic books have now become films. Mm-hmm. So we have like longer kind of visual uh, stories around the the whole concept of superheroes. Do you think that comic book movies or rather superhero movies, do they actually do they work as a cultural product? Like, if you think about, like, especially for the origin movies, like, mm-hmm. I saw a photo recently of Chris Hemsworth and he had biceps the size of my entire torso. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, this isn't hot anymore that I yeah. feel like you're too muscly. Yeah. That's how I feel about Hemsworth too. And then he really got me with his comedy in the Ragnarok trailer and yeah. from Ghostbusters. I was yes. like, I find yeah. you more attractive now that I know that there's something underneath that body. I've been body. saying that they needed to let him be funny and Thor for since the first one because they were like little pockets and then Mm. I was like he's really funny let him be funny he doesn't have to be stupid and hot (laughs) yeah yeah and like that's how he is in the comics too right he's like sort of the comic relief because he's like a strange alien who doesn't understand their ways and he's supposed to be this foil to Cap in a certain way because Cap is also out of place but he has emotional ties to that he's Captain America right there's a seriousness (laughs) there but like yeah I mean I, I definitely think Hemsworth should have room to be funny. I'm really excited to see Ragnarok because me of that. Too, me too. But I think as a whole, like, do superhero franchises work as a whole? I mean, to me, they work just because I love these stories anyway. Mm. <laughs> they appeal to me, and I, I do think that I find that they work better for me when they're trying to reach me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so when like Marvel moves past the origin stories of like all the heroes we know, yeah. that's when I start to get interested. But now we're sort of at a point where we have so much saturation that I'm like, these are all starting to look the same. Yeah. I think they're running out of ideas to differentiate them and they're not leaning into the characters they need to be highlighting. Mm-hmm. Like who? Like so, who's who's the superhero you would love to see on screen that they haven't yet thought to get round to? Oh, I mean, Kamala Khan, obviously, is Mm. my number one. (laughs) I'm in the studio repping her today. Yes, you are. Um, She's my number one. She's great. Um, But she's a little different because she's a teen. I'm trying Mm. to think of old school superheroes that I would love to see solar projects around. Like, okay, this is a good one. 
why hasn't there been a Storm solo movie? Hello. Why? I was just about to say that. I was going to let you answer and then I was going to say Storm. <laughs> yes, Ugh. let's talk about it. We saw it. so why? many amazing Storms at Comic-Con. Oh I, Storm I'm so is, thirsty for Storm. She is oh, iconic. And I've seen a couple of like the movies that have come out and she is kind of, uh, you know, she's light-skinned. Like, mm, she's this yeah. light-skinned girl. And I'm just like, eh, excuse me, mm. no. Every time she's in the films... She's light skinned. Yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't work. And there's no, work. I mean, I'm not going to say there's no connection to her, but we have so much reference material already. Right, right. And it's like, okay, we know what she's supposed to look like based on, you know, our history with her. Can she just actually look like her? Also, yeah. a follow up on why she, why is she not dark skinned? Why is her hair always straightened? Like, Lux, braids. There's so many good hairstyles to so go into Storm. Many. She has this like excellent, just like fucking beautiful mane. Mm. There is an amazing wealth of Storms to pick from. Yeah. Like there are so many looks. There are so many errors. Uh, so many artists have envisioned her. But let's go back to your original outburst. Tell us <laughs> about tell us about your, your, your thirst for, for Aurora Monroe. Oh, I mean, listen, listen. <laughs> I have thirst for her all on her own, but the best way I can explain my thirst for Storm is there is a single comic panel that goes around Twitter all the time. Yeah. Where I know she, the panel. <laughs> she them already does. She knows. Um, where Storm is like leading her team up into like the X-Men plane and they're about to take off and somebody is asking her, like, oh, you know, you and uh, Cyclops are both leaders of the team, like who's better, essentially. And she goes, Well, you know, we're both respected strategists. And leaders and blah 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 she turns and she flips her hair over her shoulder and she goes but I sell more posters and I'm like oh my god the confidence <laughs> of this woman let me walk around with this much like joy and like knowing myself you know what I mean yeah. like she just everywhere everywhere she goes everywhere she steps every comic book run she is in she knows herself and that's so attractive um, and also, I will say, I had they're like the her and um, Black Panther are basically the Barack and Michelle Obama, the comics. Yes. yes. So yes. how so do you not thirst after them as a couple? Right. Right. So in one of the Black Panther trailers, we see a flash of Angela Bassett, um, her character, yes. and she has gray locks. Mm. And I think you'll find they are white. They are white. silver yes. white locks. And so everybody went through t- Twitter and was like, this is the storm we needed 20 years ago. Everyone yes. was just so like in their feelings about how this could have been storm, you know, whatever, whatever, because Fox owns X-Men while Marvel Studios has the rights to Black Panther and those companies will not let them be great together. Mm. And I just, I get so upset by what could have been and the idea that we can't get Storm in Black Panther because of logistical red tape kind of stuff is so frustrating. It's bullshit. It upsets me. Every time I think about it, I have to just you know, clench my fists and shake them at the sky like an old man at a cloud because I'm just kind of like, why Hollywood? Oh, God. You know, for... A lot of comic books, their whole point is to show you anybody can be a superhero. It's all about what's within you. It's not necessarily, you know, you need to fall into a vat of toxic waste to become <laughs> whatever. Says uh, you. <laughs> right. But at the same time, these films show us, oh, well, you know, it helps if you look good already right. to be a superhero. Right. So I'm wondering how 
what do you think what needs to happen to create that balance of the inside is just as good as the outside that we don't really get as much in the films as we do in the actual literature oh no I totally feel you I mean this is why I love Marvel teen stuff so much mm-hmm. I think that is the area where they expand that right like they've already built this mega billion dollar franchise like with beautiful actors huge budgets like you have all the set pieces and the interconnectedness like they have the fandom already now is the time to blow it up right um, one of the shows I'm really excited for in the fall is The Runaways it's another yes. one of my favorite comic books um, and Gertrude the actress that they cast as that she's the eventual leader of The Runaways which is a teen superhero group that rebels against their parents when they find out their parents are super villains mm. so like they like take all these resources and literally run away um, and she ends up being like sort of the de facto leader because she's smart as hell and she's really tough and she's willing to make tough calls that other people aren't mm. she's a phenomenal character she is also plus size yes uh, in the comic books but on the TV show she's a very thin presentable actress and like that sort of alienation really comes through not as like a thing to check a box off of for Gertrude but like it's part of why she's driven to prove herself in other ways and I think we're going to be missing a huge part of that character when the show goes on the air even though I'm so excited for it. I'm going to be amped and I'm going to be like screaming about it on Twitter. And I think like those teen shows are where this sort of diversity needs to happen. Like we need to see plus size people feeling attractive. We need to see dark skinned people feeling attractive. We need to see like people with different sort of hair textures or like, you know, identities that aren't necessarily strictly on the visually on the binary, like Mm -hmm. feel comfortable and attractive. There's a lot of different ways to be attractive. And I think putting that out there amongst teens and kids first Mm -hmm. is more important. Like, I don't mind when I go to a superhero movie and, like, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman, right? Like, she's beautiful, she's a model, like, I get it, it has to be a marketable movie. I'm also 28 years old, and Mm -hmm. I've worked through a lot of that shit on my own. Mm -hmm. So, like, put the resources where they're needed Mm -hmm. is sort of my thing. It's normalizing stuff, isn't it? It's making sure that people see themselves. And that was one of the things at Comic-Con is seeing all these different sorts of fans. And there were people that, of all sorts of all sorts of looks, all sorts of ability, all ethnicities, blah blah blah. I saw so many hijabis, I saw wheelchair users, I saw, you know, people dressing up, people not dressing up. It was the it was the fandom out, you know. So when we kind of talk about, you know, for example, the idea of social justice turning up in 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 comics or whatever, and I'm like, no 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 no. That's the people who are reading. Right. The people who are reading, the people who are having these conversations they look they're not just doing it for the sake of it they're doing it because they want comics to look like them they're the ones reading this this isn't some highfalutin kind of like you know conversation up in an ivory tower these are real fans and they have real complaints and they're entitled to have these complaints especially when you consider that so many comics were born in political like ideas you know the the, the, the iconic image of Captain America punching Hitler on the jaw mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like that doesn't that's social justice right there like yeah, yeah. that's a real world problem that was transposed into comics and became an iconic image and I think there's something kind of wrong-headed and backwards when people kind of go stop trying to insert um social justice right, into and comic. politics into comics and I'm this like that's the point this is a hilarious thing to me though because it's like the whole point of comics is to change and like if you're not attracted to that then you can just reread the same stuff you like over and over and over again that's an option uh, I think my first crush was actually Xena which is weird that I dress like her 
she was just strong and independent and just did what she wanted whenever she wanted. And I was like, please come save me. I will be yours forever. I know who one of my crushes right now is. Any Zatanna cosplay. I'm telling you, just any Zatanna cosplay just takes her heart. Zuko from Avatar. I would say it'd probably be Kimberly from like Power Rangers, like Mighty Morphin, 100%. Joker. Because uh, psychotic love is rare to find. So we'll be back with Kritika in a moment to talk about the one thing we know you're all thirsting for, because that's the only reason you're still hanging around, you <laughs> deviants, and that is superhero sex. Mm. Now that we've kind of opened up the door a little bit, <laughs> let's talk about... Uh, let's get kinky. Um... Let's talk about superhero sex. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've had a little bit of uh, time to think about because I'm a perv. And I (laughs) love, we love AO3. We stand. Shout out to AO3. Shout out to fanfiction.net where people kind of put the impossible and just kind of go, no, fuck it. I'm going to write 3,000 words about this. Shout out to the one shot. Um, Let's talk about specifically the various talents that superheroes have when they're fighting crime Mm -hmm. and how they might apply that, uh, those skills. When it comes to uh, some adult time. Oh, I mean, first off the bat, like, I don't really fuck with Quicksilver in, a, in any way, but I would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Why? Oh. Why? I mean, what that mouth do? <laughs> oh, yes! yes! You know, like, super speed. Like, I'm sure his tongue is very durable and agile. I'm just trying yes! to see what happens. Is he better than a vibrator? <laughs> Listen. Go on. Tell me. I want to find Listen. out. Who is the investigative journalist that's going to crack this case? I wish it was me. <laughs> I think about superhero sex all the time, particularly yeah. fast vibrating things. Mm. Um, oh, my God. There's a lot of those out there. The Flash on CW. Oh, he's cute. You oh. love The Flash, Nicole. I love The Flash. And he does this like vibrating thing where he can like move his hand. He vibrates it so fast he can move it through walls and shit. Mm. And I just want to know. Mm. <laughs> I love how you start that so innocuously. <laughs> I just would like to know. If he, you know, knows how to adjust speeds. Oh, my God. And use that hand or mouth. Because mm. he can vibrate his vocal cords to disguise He his can do voice. everything. He can vibrate any part of himself. Yes. That's what I... Yes. I mean, I just, Iris. <laughs> talk to us, Iris. Come on. Oh, man. Iris has... I have a lot of questions for Iris. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like, I will just say that Iris always looks happy and satisfied. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. She does Once they a, finally got them together, but we won't get into that. <laughs> she does have a interesting glow about yeah. her I'm yeah. always curious I'm, you know what I'm not gonna lie also like super strength what's that about I, like I'm a thick girl like I'm not small uh-huh. I would like to be put up against a wall you know like <laughs> yes. I've never like that's I think that's every like plus size girl's fantasy is to actually be hefted up against the wall and held there right like that is uh, that is Chris Evans what was that at movie? me oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't yeah. get her started don't get, this is another don't, four hours don't you get, know them don't get me started on Chris Evans I mean all cap I mean because we'll be here till midnight and I won't even have got started Chris so. Evans is perfect chest hair ratio why <gasps> do not let him have it on yes. the why do they Marvel? come on why are you waxing his chest okay I'm they done, do, I'm they, done. Yes. they do this with all the superheroes I'm like fucking Mark Ruffalo mm. the hairiest but mm. in the best possible way it was so delicious and him then, in the first Avengers movie oh my that god pelt pelt come bitch on. a yes. pelt oh. looking like, like a 70s porn star oh, oh alright okay <laughs> 
Okay, I'm just saying you're not wrong. Yeah. Like, do I want to pull on it? Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> Will I? You ask it like it's some kind of academic. Do I want to pull on it? <laughs> yes, I do. Wait, so superhero sex on film has mm. been pretty sparse. Mm. I mean, I remember uh, Batman Phantasm. Mm. He had sex in that, but it was one of those situations where they pan the camera to like the billowing curtains and oh. shit. You know? <laughs> Same. Right away. Same. Yeah. Um, and then Watchmen in 2009, the oh, film, yeah. was so uncomfortable. I All those Watchmen. sex scenes were so uncomfortable yeah. and weird they that they just like have gone out of my memory. No. Interestingly though, they were also weird in the comic themselves. Okay. Yes. So let's not forget that. Okay, The yes. source material was awkward as fuck. Okay. But but Jessica Jones and mm. Luke Cage. Oh my This God. is what I came here to talk about. Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Ooh, it. Because I mean, seeing them. Yes, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I don't. I mean, like, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm just like lost in thinking about how well that scene was lit. It was so good. Oh, yes. It was beautiful. Like Luke Cage is fucking glistening. Yeah. Oh my god. From exertion, bitch. Oh my god. From exertion. Like literally, that bitch looks like he should be trying on cashmere sweaters every second of the day. Just like constantly putting them <laughs> yes. on and taking them off. Yes. Like he looks like he was born out of a vat of cocoa butter. I yep. just I like I just oh, want to roll Jesus. my body all over him to just get extra moisturized in the morning. You know what I mean? I don't I yeah. mean that in a pervy way. Like, Same. I would literally lay on top of him. Same. And that scene in Jessica Jones, when you had Jessica also played by the wonderful Kristen Ritter mm-hmm. uh, and Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, I remember thinking to myself, oh, this looks both incredibly super, mm-hmm. but also incredibly normal. Yes. yes. It's Which messy. It's, it's messy. like too frantic. Yeah. There's no like sexy music behind uh-huh, it. I think uh-huh. that was my favorite part of that sex scene is like, I really cannot take syncopated, musically scored sex scenes, I find Mm. them to be, like, too glamorous. But, like, the Jessica Jones sex scene is so realistic. I'm just like, I get why this is almost a hate fuck. Yes. Yes. So I want to talk about that because (laughs) I feel like, I mean, (laughs) I feel like the actors (laughs) really got across, hey, here's somebody who can take what I have. Mm. You know, she's super strong, he's super strong, Mm. and there's none of this really delicate shit that we would get with like, Superman and Lois Lane no, like oh she's a human that. she may not be able yeah. to you know I have to be careful with her no. and all that kind of shit also sorry some to people ins- yeah some people just want to like fuck <laughs> yes so I also want to let's talk about some other superheroes like the thing do you think his thing is a thing oh like <laughs> I just have to assume if it is a character created by a man it has a dick Right. Mm, you know, good, like good I point, think that's a point. general good rule of thumb. Like yep. the only thing men care about more than themselves is their dicks. <laughs> this is so true. And it's really a separate entity. I think we have to make that delineation here. This very scientific delineation yes. here on Thirst Aid Kit. <laughs> yeah. Uh Krasika, I think you have done us the service of coming in here and elucidating so many issues for us regarding superheroes and sex. (laughs) Thank you. Absolute joy. It's been a delight to be here. (laughs) Where on earth can we find you? Oh, uh, you can find uh, my bylines at BuzzFeed, Inverse, Teen Vogue, uh, and TVDiet.com, but most of my best writing is on twitter.com the website um you can find me at and now to the moon which is my handle um also if you type in young sweet lussie you'll probably find me because that's my display name and now we're ready for fanfic wars Yay! It's one of my favorite <laughs> segments of the show. Um, and this is where we write a drabble, so something really quick about our thirst object. 
Mm. of the episode right and this time because we're talking about superheroes and comic books and stuff like that we're gonna do something you know we don't have a specific thirst object no we get to choose our own we have a general thirst object area yeah (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna read that and then you're gonna tell us via twitter which one you like better yeah mine of course or bims i mean calm down uh, <laughs> I think calm down. I think that what you can do, dear listener, is go to our Twitter first aid kit and you know let us know which uh, which ones of the drabbles you like better. Uh, hint, it's mine. It's but mine. It's please, mine. please don't interrupt. It's I'm mine. talking, Nicole. Please. So anyway, go let us know. Have a listen and vote with your heart. Um, just understand that your heart beats to the beat of Bim. <laughs> Uh, I've gone for a classic mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of what we're allowed to to do, I've gone for a very obvious character, but I also think that it's a character that is living in so many of our skins. Okay. 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 Are, you, are you enthused? I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. Nice, yeah. nice. I like it. You, yeah. it's, it's measured. You're, yeah. you're a little bit trepidatious. Right. But you're leaning in. Yes, and exactly. And I appreciate that. Exactly. <clears throat> so this is uh, my drabble. <sighs> Please be kind. I met Clark in the most cliche way. I was in the park, walking a dog for a fluffy story I was writing about animal fostering, when the dog in question ran off into the vast green in front of us, chasing a squirrel probably. Clark came to my assistance, appearing as if out of nowhere, with the dog, Lexi, now in tow. Annoyingly, she looked calm as could be as he returned her to me, and he himself was similarly unwinded, the breeze having managed to dislodge only one perfect dark curl, which now sat on his forehead. I looked frantic and sweaty, and yet somehow he appeared more startled than I was when he asked me, seemingly out of nowhere while adjusting his glasses, if I would like to grab a coffee. Since that first coffee three weeks ago, we've been to the movies, to dinner, to mini-golf even, to museums, to whatever. He likes cooking, and I like eating, so it's a very happy coincidence. I've noticed he doesn't seem to eat that much. Last time he cooked me a perfect steak before he tucked into a salad. When I asked, he told me he wasn't much of an eater, which seemed curious to me, considering how cut this dude is. He's a writer too, and I don't know how he finds the time to work out as much as he clearly must. But maybe that's just his genes. When I'm in his arms, I feel simultaneously like I'm flying and also incredibly grounded. I was never into muscles until Clark, but here we are. There's something utterly wholesome and corn-fed about him. How do you feel about flying, he asked me the other day with a soft smile. I love flying, I told him. And he said nothing, but his grin widened. I think he's planning a surprise. Oh, bam. I think this might be the first time I've ever kind of wanted to get with Superman. Wow, that's the bleakest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really wow. good. Ooh, that was all soft and like romantic and that's shit. That's Clark to a T fam. That's you know, Clark. I just um I guess I was so used to seeing Clark Kent and Superman mm-hmm. that I just kinda got immune to his charms. Well so. inoculate well, uninoculate yourself even. <laughs> just like lean in. I think I will. Thank that you. Was, that was some good shit. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. I'm going to do something a little different. Sure. 
not necessarily the superhero, mm-hmm. but focus on the actor who plays the superhero. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Okay. So, my drabble is going to be about Grant Gustin, <laughs> who plays The Flash. Your obsession is remarkable. I'll tell you how good it is, because I've begun to fancy him now. See? Based on your enthusiasm for him. So, I'm excited to hear this drabble. Yes, yeah, so I love his little strong little bird chest. That's exactly how you describe yes. it. You called... <laughs> I will never forget when you texted me that. You said, look at his strong bird chest. And I laughed for a clean seven minutes. You know, I like the skinny boys. You do. So you really he do. Really, he touches me. You know? <laughs> sure he fucking does. <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> Grant can't stay away from the beach, and I don't want him to. It's where he finds peace. He gets flustered when I tease him about the tan he gets. I call him my little French fry. Long, golden, just salty enough. The beach is his happy place, but we haven't left our hotel yet during this trip. He made the room as cold as he could, and we have snuggled, his body radiating a comforting heat I'm not allowed to compare to his more famous alter ego. (laughs) Today, I finally ask him if he's going to go outside, clear his mind, turn gold for me. He says, touch me, and I am gold for you. He kisses me beneath crisp, cool sheets, and his heartbeat thrums through the bed. Mm, mm, mm. disgusting <laughs> I'm gonna try not to you know <laughs> I mean this is thirst aid kit you so are we can, blushing right I, now can I just say that I Grant Gustin is making you blush yes no okay listen I know that Grant doesn't have like the fullest lips ever no he does not but Go on. I feel like he is a very soft purposeful kisser uh-huh. and I think that means that he's probably really good with his tans and like he's just delicate and careful. You are giving new meaning to tenuous links. And <laughs> I appreciate that because your work in the field will be recognized I, by I'm the Academy. I'm just to be respectful just in case I ever run across him. Even though he's like engaged, about to be married, whatever. Engaged? Yeah. Oh, congrats to him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow. But, you know, it's fine. Love, it's okay. It's, yeah, whatever. He lives on in your drabbles. Yes, exactly. And that's it. That's all we want. Right. Uh, and since we've you've heard both drabbles, listen, do let us know which one you prefer by voting on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit. Check out our Tumblr where we will post this stuff. Why don't you drop us a drabble of your own? You can email us at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And you can also drop us, you know, a couple of haikus if that's the way you're kind of inclined to do so on our Twitter. And remember, a drabble is very, very short. Four to five sentences. No more. I yes. want to see I want to see a six-word drabble. If, if that's Ooh. possible, go ahead and give us a six-word drabble. I'm very into that idea. Thursday Kit is produced by Eleanor Kagan, Julia Furlan, and Agaranesh Ashagre, with additional editing by Meg Kramer. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. Follow the show on Twitter at ThirstAidKit. You can also find us on Tumblr at ThirstAidKitPodcast.tumblr.com. And feel free to email us at ThirstAidKit at BuzzFeed.com. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, that's us individually. I'm at Bimadew, which is B-I-M-A-D-E-W. And Nicole is at TN Whiskey Woman, which is T-N Whiskey with an E Woman. And don't forget, if you liked what you heard, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. It also makes us know that you like what we're doing. Right. And we want we want your feedback. I crave it, actually. 